Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome back to the Recruiting Roundup live right here on the YouTube home for BamaOnline.com. Travis Schreier alongside BOL senior staffers, our publisher, of course, Tim Watts, right there in the upper right-hand square. And then we also, of course, have our senior recruiting editor, Andrew Bone. Fellas, coming off a of Thanksgiving weekend. Uh, how did that go? Did you guys have a good Thanksgiving? I'm assuming you did. And uh, uh, let's talk about maybe a little bit of football game they played, right, on Saturday afternoon in Auburn, Alabama. Yeah, it was a good week. I think the weather held up, so it was pretty good. You smoke a good cigar on the back porch for me. That's always key. Um, but ate well, moved along, saw some good sports. And uh, it's about what I'd hoped for. New addition yeah. for the Bone family, right, Andrew, for this Thanksgiving? Yeah. That had to make it exciting. Oh, yeah. We had a new uh, new one. Got, got to experience Thanksgiving. My, um, you know, I think my, my son enjoyed it. My daughter, you know, she's, uh, you know, she was sleeping pretty much the whole time. But it, except for at night, you know, it's funny how they sleep. They'll sleep all day, but but party all night long. So, um, you know, it's it was certainly a fun um Fun week, but now now Everett's my son is back in daycare, so that's that's good. So we can finally get back to uh, back to having a little bit of normalcy around here. And then you got all this right with Alabama football, Alabama football recruiting, hell of a win over the Auburn Tigers. One of the most improbable finishes in a most in a series full of improbable finishes. Uh, that you'll ever see and Alabama very much with some momentum continuously it seems like on the recruiting trail and so guys when you think about that game in Auburn on Saturday Tim give us some of the highlights as far as recruits prospects that were in attendance that Alabama has some crossover interest in I mean obviously you know Auburn was hosting the game but whenever that game's in Alabama and Auburn's played you've got crossover from Bama commits and really big in-state games, you see that pretty consistently. You saw the Alabama game. You saw Auburn commitments. Demarcus Riddick, former Perry Thompson, and Perry Thompson, a former Bama commitment come. So, you know, I think the one thing that's hard for adults to grasp is they are kids, and they're going to take visits, and they're going to have fun. They might be going to college at, you know, Bama, but they can have a good time at Auburn. They might be going to college at Auburn, but they're going to have a good time at Bama. I mean, these are – Nice colleges, pretty girls, good sports events and everything else. But obviously they had a couple that stand out. Ryan Williams and Andrew can talk about him. He had a good interview with him yesterday. Uh, 2025 wide receiver, very elite prospect. Uh, Jeremiah Beeman was there, the Parker defensive lineman. But, yeah, about the usual suspects that you expect. Caleb Odom went, the the Georgia commitment uh, for Alabama. He was there. So he had some Alabama commitments in attendance. And some guys, you know, you know, guys Auburn are still recruiting. What about it, Andrew? What stood out to you about the uh, the weekend? Well, the uh, Isaiah Bond catch for one was uh, <laughs> certainly something that stood out. Former former uh, Florida commit Isaiah Bond. Um, you know, obviously, uh, you know, he had and you know from a former Texas commitment 
Jalen Milrow to uh, to end the game. So you know, it, it's definitely a um, you know, it was definitely a weekend where Auburn, you know, it, they were kind of in a win-win situation as far as recruiting because you know they knew that you know going into it, you play good, you know, you can sell that to recruits. You play bad. You can sell that to recruits because you can get more kids in. Uh, tell them that they're going to you know play right away. But you know, as far as Alabama is concerned, you know they currently have a top five recruiting class. They're trying to finish strong. You know, can they finish with a top three class? And you know, who are kind of some of their remaining targets? And you know, a few of their targets, not necessarily targets, but more so commits, were on the uh, Auburn campus with Ryan Williams and uh, and Jeremiah Beeman. And yeah, I had a chance to talk to Ryan and. You know, Auburn reporters spoke to him afterwards after the game as well. And, uh, you know, we still feel good about where things stand with Alabama. He says he's 100% locked in with the Tide. Um, you know, used the word we every time, uh, you know, he talked about Alabama. And, um, you know, there's a chance he might even be in Atlanta this weekend for the SEC championship game. But uh, they're still going to continue to, you know, pounce hard on him all the way until uh, he signs that letter of intent now. You know, we're still kind of uh, you know, waiting to hear if he's going to announce uh, possible reclassification in the 2024 class. So if that happens, I, I think it will happen you know, relatively soon. But um, you know, still kind of waiting to see what happens there. And then when Jeremiah Beeman, you know, we've known that Auburn's been in the race there for uh, for a while. He took an official visit back in September. Now this was his first trip back to Auburn since that late September official visit. You know, he's visited um, Colorado, which he was going to take an official visit back to Colorado. It doesn't look like that's going to happen anymore. But uh, but Auburn you know, still very much uh, you know, trying to flip him, and they'll be working on him all the way until the end. But really, those were the two main guys. Um, you know, there were some guys yeah. in the 2025 class. Um, Zion Grady, who's an Alabama commitment, was over there. I don't think there's really much to, to, to worry about. With him, you know, obviously some other big kids like Micah DeBose out of Viger High School and Naheem Offord, the um, five-star corner out of uh, Parker in Birmingham, who's also Jeremiah. You know, you know, one of the things I'd like to point out, you want to be a coach, you want the life of a college coach. How do you go from that game emotionally draining, losing that? I'm talking about the Auburn staff, and if this would have been for anybody, to go in and try to be chipper and sell your program when you're, like, heartbroken. I mean, that's – my thought was I've seen it on the other side. You know, you've seen Alabama lose it. You got to go into that locker room. You got to go on the field, you know, and you got to be chipper around a bunch of 16 and 17 year olds. That's a tough, that's a tough gig when you think, you know, it's like going to your friend's bachelor party when your girlfriend's wife just left you, you know, it's a good, that's a, that's a hard sell though. So um, I was thinking of all the emotions that went into that game and, uh, you know, everything that came out of it. But, you know, obviously probably a good environment for the Auburn visitors. I guess, Tim, we've even seen the other side of it, too. Absolutely. you got to still go recruit if you win the game, uh, a national yeah. championship game. We've seen Alabama win those, and what we heard about Nick Saban. Before yeah. he could get out of the locker room, he's talking about, i got to visit this kid, i got to get on the phone, or he's on the phone, it seems like, with these prospects, Andrew. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. And, uh, you know, they're going to hit the ground running next week. Um, you know, as soon as the um, as soon as the SEC championship game uh, ends, you know, win or loss. Uh, you know, I think next Sunday night they'll have their team banquet and then you know, Sunday or Monday morning they'll be they'll be out on the road recruiting, trying to finish this class. Yeah, there's so much left. You know, I think when you look at it, like the recruiting's really just beginning because now a lot of team seasons, like you said, will be over. Sunday for the most part, as far as the regular season. Um, a lot of teams are already putting their game plan together, but 
yeah, when they hit that road, Sunday's that day you start hearing from coaches that you haven't heard from in, in three or four months. You know, it's funny you mentioned Colorado on a side note. That's how long the season's been. At one point, Colorado was ranked, and everybody was going there. College football playoff. I mean, it was, you know, that was a uh, – we were talking about this on the roundtable, the BAM Online message board, and we were talking about how quick it just kind of went by. But, man, there has been some uh, – some roller coasters up and down with that. And of course we're expecting a few of those roller coasters with recruiting. It seems like we talk about Alabama and Georgia almost synonymously in terms of how their programs are uh, run. Obviously the ties between Nick Saban and Kirby smart, but then it extends uh, especially to the recruiting trail. And so my question for you guys today among several is what is the crossover like in this class for 2024 where Alabama and Georgia are concerned? And uh, then we'll get into a little bit later, some Uncle Tim time, maybe with some past stories involving these two on the recruiting trail. I don't know if everything just happened so early. It doesn't seem like as many battles. Uh, Georgia beat Alabama for Nate Frazier, for instance. He was a guy that uh, Alabama liked. Number one running back in the country, I believe, is his ranking from California. Uh, you look at other guys like Caleb Odom, who's from the state of Georgia, Amari Jefferson, you know, Georgia was involved in there, but not a lot of heated battles. You know, last year we saw Caleb and Justice, for instance, and those kind of stood out. So we saw more battles last year for high-profile guys. But, again, I think part of this just goes to the fact it's another down year. A lot of coaches and a lot of schools went ahead and filled their a majority of their class in the summer. So just not as many as, you know, probably we're used to. Better last year and probably more coming next year. What about that, Andrew? 2025, is it shaping up for more of that, you think? Yeah, I think so. And, you know, you look at, you know, even some 2024 guys, you know, Peyton Woodyard flipped his commitment from Georgia out Alabama, which yeah, I think, you know, you're a Georgia fan, you know, six months ago, you feel pretty confident in in that, you know, commitment with, uh, with Peyton Woodyard. And then, of course, uh, you know, in the 2025 cycle, Micah DeBose, um, you know, Georgia commitment, still a uh, uh, still a top target for Alabama, was in Auburn this past weekend. So, you know, definitely a uh, you know a guy that both those schools are hoping to flip. Um, Justice Terry, who's a D line commitment for Georgia, has been to Tuscaloosa twice this season. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, we're going to see a lot of crossover uh, over the course of the next couple of years. Uh, several years. I mean, we've seen that really ever since Kirby Smart you know, arrived at Georgia. Um, you know, they're certainly going after similar recruits. Uh, a lot of them are highly ranked, uh, but they also, you know, each school finds finds gems. You know, guys that you know the other schools aren't recruiting. You know, maybe even in 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 their home states. So it's going to be interesting to kind of see how things play out uh, with both programs over the over the upcoming years because both consistently in that top three in recruiting, um, you know, we'll see if that's going to stay the same because you know, we continue to see more schools uh, use NIL to their advantage and, uh, you know, be able to get into that top, you know, top 10, top five uh, in the team rankings. Question yeah. for both you guys. If you're Nick Saban, the prospect still out there for this 2024 class that you would go see first when you can hit the road here coming up, who is that guy in your opinion for Alabama? You talking commitment or non-commitment? Either way. Um, man, that's a tough one. For me personally, as a non-committed guy, I think Kewan Lacey's a guy that's really a priority for them. You don't have a running back. It's not a great running back class, as we touched on several times. 
And I'm telling you, this guy's got a little bit something special in him. Now, you're looking to compare him to uh, to some of the other running backs. He's probably got as high as upside as anybody in his class. You know, really had a good senior year. Um, I do think that there's like some committed guys they'll be going to see as far as, you know, you know, you want to make sure, you know, you've got Caleb Odom who's taking some visits and guys like that. But if you're talking non-committed, for me, it's the running back. Yeah, I think for me, it's the, uh, I'll have to go to the, the O-line and D-line. I mean, I, I think Jordan Seaton remains a, a top priority there for Alabama, yep. certainly somebody that they would love to get. Um, uh, you potentially pair him up with, you know, on the bookends with uh, with Caden Proctor here in the future. I mean, that would be yeah, that would be pretty special, special group there. But, uh, you know, obviously it's going to be tough, going to be a long stretch, uh, you know, down – excuse me. Gonna be a long process down the home stretch for Seton, just because um, there's gonna be a lot of twists and turns with uh, with his recruitment all the way until the end. And then I'll go to the defensive line real quick. Elias Williams, um, I think Alabama really likes him a lot. Six foot four, two hundred seventy five pound defensive lineman uh, that can run. He you know plays on the outside edge, but uh, certainly a guy that Alabama's been pushing for really ever since um, they extended the offer back in uh, back in late August. Uh, committed to Mizzou. Uh, but it's taking visits to uh, to Alabama and Tennessee in the last month. So I think Alabama, you know, I think they're going to have a really good chance to potentially flip him. And he's certainly a guy, you know, his kid up in Canada, our favorite uh, guy on the message board, uh, Steve Mbamua. Steve. Uh, yeah. Steve I like where Alabama is. I like where Alabama sits with him, so uh, I'm not saying he's the first guy to go see, but he, you know, he's certainly up there. So I would go let, see a lot Williams. Let me jump in. There. If you're a Christmas kind of guy, I think that going to see him is one of your first. Uh, I've discussed this before. Quebec City's like the Christmas, <laughs> like it's one of the top Christmas destinations in the world. I think yeah, you go you gotta, up there, you take some pictures, you take your family, you see Stevie. Oh, and it's it's Saint yeah. Nick too going that, up there. That's absolutely. So. I mean, what else could you be? I mean, just from a have fun standpoint, Germany wouldn't be a bad trip yeah. around Christmas time. They've got some of the world's oldest oldest markets. But yeah, I agree with Andrew. Jordan Seaton's a good call. That's obviously going to be. I think the NIL is going to play a factor there. Uh, still be two to be to be determined how that one shakes out. But he would be a. He'd be. You almost kind of wonder with with, with a Seton and Proctor. That'd be one of the best offensive line back to back hits that that I can recall in college football. And oh, by the way, the transfer portal window officially opens one week from today, and with it comes That's... NIL and coaching changes and all these things. You almost feel like you need a capologist now, you know, like the salary cap and in the yeah. NFL for college football. So when we look at it from that perspective and mix in transfer portal early enrollees for bowl practice, you know, that are going to be on hand for Alabama, boy, the, the roster management, it just underscores once again, how this truly is a 365 day out of the year situation. Yeah. You basically need a general manager like the NFL. Now, you know, you got to manage, you know, and again, we talk about the NIL being, you know, getting recruits, which is, I think, most of what people follow recruits, but really the NIL, you got to take care of the guys on campus. You got to make sure they're getting their cut, the guys that are starters and all that kind of stuff. So you got to manage all of that. It's not as simple. Like you hear, you know, the boogeyman, NIL is the boogeyman. And you're saying, hey, Warchest, James Smith, they're giving them $2.8 million. That's not very realistic. Still got to have 22 stars, got to have bench players and everything else. It's, it's still a lot of factors that go into that. 
Um, you saw that with Jimbo Fisher. I mean, Mike Elko is now a head coach, and his top job is trying to keep his guys on campus, right? Yeah, He's man. not even really going out recruiting. He's got to meet with every – you know, Evan Stewart set out the LSU game. You know, we've heard some people mention him with Alabama. So, yeah, it's an entire different – different world right now and for me being a get off the lawn my guy I, I i love it i love it i like it i like it it's a it's a challenge it's certainly frustrating but i love the flow and changes of everything happening andrew if you look at it from the portal perspective is there an area to uh, this team and no that's before you take into account like tim talked about you're trying to keep guys so you don't really know from a retention standpoint who you might be losing, but just on the surface, looking at Alabama, if there was a spot or two on this team moving forward, what would your expectation be in terms of emphasis where the portal is concerned? I think you got to look at, you know, who's obviously who's potentially going to leave, who's coming back. You know, I think Alabama probably knows some of the guys that are, that are certainly going to leave as far as hitting the portal uh, and kind of where their numbers are going to be. But you also got to figure out, you know, who are you going to be able to bring into this class? I think last year, you know, Caden Proctor, Alabama was able to flip Caden Proctor from Iowa during that early signing period. I think they had it in their head that they were going to go after an offensive tackle. When they got Caden Proctor, that kind of changed things, decided not to go after an offensive tackle. Now, you know, they're able to flip somebody late in the process or get a, a big name guy. They may not go after somebody in that position. But as far as, as right now, I think – you're looking at offensive line. I think offensive line is an area that they are, you know, going to have some interest in someone. I think defensive backwise, especially at corner, you, know, you potentially lose Kool-Aid. Terry and Arnold may end up going into the draft. We don't know that yet, but that's a possibility. You lose your two outside corners, that might, you know, entice you to start looking a little bit harder, um, you know, at the cornerback position. Now, we've seen all this talk about Evan Stewart on the message boards. And uh, I just – Alabama has not contacted Evan Stewart. He's not in the transfer portal. So I don't know why everybody's talking about that just yet. You know, I think that that's an area that Alabama doesn't necessarily have to go after uh, a wide receiver in the uh, transfer portal because you got a lot of guys that are coming back next year that are really talented. you got some guys that are going to be coming in. So it'll be interesting to see who enters the portal because we're going to see probably more names than ever before get into the portal this year. Um, there's going to be a lot of high price tags on a lot of these kids as well. So uh, just because our kid is really good and you think he can help your program, it may not be a good fit. Uh, and, you know, there's a there's another factor. There's another factor here, too. When you're you're expecting when you're on campus to have them recruit freshmen. But if you're on scholarship at, at a university and they're looking in the portal, that's a little bit of a different ball game. I mean, you got to manage. You don't want to be bringing one in and losing one, swapping them out. The one you thing better think, be sure, right? Yeah, absolutely. You're, because you you're absolutely. you're thinking if we do this, we could lose two guys. Yeah, because I don't know if a if a guy on campus is necessarily worried about a, a high school senior. You know what I mean? Right. I don't know. You know, we used to think that they most of them do not keep up with the recruiting once they get to college. Uh, they kind of move on. But when you start bringing in another name, another quarterback, or another you know, linebacker or whatever, they're aware of it. So that could cause somebody else. I mean, the managing, I mean, there's a lot of egos involved in sports, right? I mean, there's a lot of, you know, and I'm talking parents. I mean, these parents, they didn't give their kids up when they went to college. They, they were involved before they're involved now, but there's so many things to balance. 
But I agree when you look at the, you know, the, with Andrew, you look at the DBs, a possible place, but they're bringing in a big class, you know. Also, they know what's behind these guys. That's the one thing that to remember. I know that a lot of the fans don't think the coaches watch their players sometimes, but they know what's behind them. They usually know what they've got on campus. So they're going to identify those needs and who's going to go pro, who's going to hit the, you know, Cohen last year is a prime example. You know, you know, a guy that, you know, got some stars and then hit the portal. So, It'll yeah, there's always going to be here. A, 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 maybe a surprise or two. And as sure. Andrew alluded to, it sounds like we're about to enter the next step of the transfer portal era. We thought the last couple of years were interesting. It could get even more so coming up. So getting back to this Alabama-Georgia matchup that we have coming up, uh, some previous Bama UGA battles on the trail that maybe stand out to you guys. I know I've got a few in mind, but Tim, uh, get us started. And then Andrew, uh, give us some more too. I really can never get over the Kirby from Bama to Georgia. Pruitt comes to Alabama. Smitty comes with him. Fromm goes with Kirby to Georgia. Tua goes, ends up at Alabama. And then the second and twenty-six. Like, there's an entire book written about that scenario, right? I mean, it's so, you know, and it all made sense. Kirby recruited Jake Fromm. They had a good relationship. Fromm was a Georgia boy. Previous Georgia staff kind of, you know, kind of messed up there. Let Kirby, you know, was an excellent recruiter. He got his foot in the door. You know, that was all it took. And, you know, when it made – when he flipped, it made sense. You know, again, that's an Al you know, a Georgia kid going there. But then the dominoes that fell after with Pruitt, you know um, – you know, Pruitt being connected to Vonna Smith, Petito, Sam Petito being a big part of that, him and Pruitt being close, bringing him here. And then again, that to, you know, to have the two of Smitty, which I thought was one of the most outrageous plays I'd ever seen until Saturday, um, have that play <laughs> into the national championship. Of course, against Georgia's kind of just, you know, I'm never going to be able to top that connection, I don't think. I mean, yeah, I mean, you look back at a lot of, you know, Georgia Alabama recruiting battles that we've seen you know, a lot of running backs um, <laughs> that have gone on to star in the pros. You know, Derrick Henry was a former Georgia commitment. Um, now he reopened his recruitment before uh, committing to Alabama, but was committed to Georgia for, for I'll never forget. I interviewed Derrick Henry once and he was committed to Georgia at the time. And he had just come off of a, of a visit to Alabama. And he said, um, yeah, I feel like I fit in better at Alabama than I do at Georgia. And, and he, he stayed committed to Georgia for another two months after that. So that was always, well, you know, Nick Chubb was another kid that, um, you know, Alabama, Georgia, tight recruiting battle. Georgia kid ends up staying home. You know, we remember back Isaiah Kroll, um, who was one of the top running backs in the country at the time, uh, you know, announced for Georgia with some, you know, a couple Bulldogs. Now, you know, current Alabama. Bulldogs, yeah. Yeah, I remember I that. that. I haven't seen any live animals here here lately <laughs> in one of these um, press conferences, but uh, you know, current Alabama players like you know Tyler Booker, you know, that was a kid that went into the summer, you know, a couple of summers ago. It was a supposed to be a recruiting battle between Georgia and Florida, with Georgia having the having the edge heading into the summer, and then he took that official visit to Alabama, and you know, things just completely changed thanks to. Uh, J.C. Latham, who uh, who helped recruit him, and then obviously last year, um, you know, going into the state of Georgia, 
getting Justice Haynes and Caleb Downs. Caleb ha- having an unbelievable freshman season, all American freshman All American uh, type season for the Tide, and then Justice Haynes who uh, had a little bit of action, uh, not a ton, but um, you know I think we might see him a little bit more uh, in the uh, in the coming weeks. So. Uh, going into Georgia, getting a uh, a Georgia legacy, obviously a big win there. So, um, yeah, I mean, a lot of great, great Alabama-Georgia recruiting battles. We could probably talk about that for another hour. But um, Clay uh, Webb. Clay Webb's one. There's one from the past. That was a – Out in Anniston. Yeah. You know, it's funny. You look back at the heated battles and the animosity between, you know, fan bases, and then a guy just never really had a big impact at either school. Um, but you remember how heated that was. Now, I don't think anybody will admit how bad, how heated it was in hindsight, but me and Andrew were in there. You saw it on the message board. That was a very heated, that was a very heated exchange at that time. But I agree. You know, the thing that that's kind of, um, interesting about justice and, uh, Caleb was like, Georgia was in it, but you know, you always felt like they weren't second, you know, Georgia felt they were in it, but then the guys would commit, come out and say, well, Ohio State was second, right? You know, Caleb took that late visit and all that stuff, but um, very interesting. You know, one thing about Kirby Smart, he's smart. You know, obviously, he's smart, and Alabama smart. I think the smart recruiting staffs know when to punt. You know what I mean? They know when to punt, and they know when to stand in the pocket and fight because you don't want to waste a lot of effort. Kobe Dean's a good example. That was a good win for Georgia. That was a that was a very important key. You know, nobody understands recruiting more than Kirby Smart, Nick Saban, right? So they knew their key guys getting there. But um, I think the Smart teams know they don't want to go to the wire and not know where he's committing because that's a very, that's a very uncomfortable. There ain't nothing like a college coach going, "Hey, have you heard anything?" Three hours before a commitment, you're like, "Oh, buddy." Yeah, and you you guys talk about the the Heisman connection and all this. Derrick Henry, Georgia, Alabama wins the Heisman Trophy. Devontae Smith, Georgia, Alabama. Wins the Heisman Trophy at Alabama. Even in 2020, Carson Beck, now the quarterback for the Georgia Bulldogs, was at one time committed to Alabama. Ends up at Georgia, but Alabama gets Bryce Young in 2020. Wins the Heisman Trophy. So uh, those worked out pretty well for the Crimson Tide, I guess. Yeah, that's quite the domino. When you look at that jumbled mess of quarterbacks, I mean, you could write a book on the like connections with Alabama and quarterbacks. You had Talia on campus, you know, we're coming – you had Drake May committed. You had Carson Beck committed. You end up with Bryce Young. Next year, you flip Jalen Milrow. Alabama went from an extremely boring quarterback school, right? Yeah. Recruit Tebow don't remember get the no tackle, first round you know I mean? thing. The no first yeah. round quarterbacks was a yes, real thing. and it was just yeah. kind of boring. You got a guy. He you know he was nothing sexy. There was no major drama around him. McElroy's probably the most drama, and then all of a sudden you get quarterback dominoes that affect the entire nation. So very interesting how that quarterback position has evolved for Alabama from boring to, you know, and again, we're, you know, Julian Sagan's the number one quarterback in the class, you know, and, and going back to a Georgia kid, Alabama got Dylan Lonergan from Georgia last year. who's a heck of a football player. Yeah. And you talk so, about the early enrollee with Julian Sagan, Andrew, uh, what are sort of the expectations for that group? Do we have more Intel on what it's going to look like exactly? Because that's very much on the horizon too. Yeah, it is. And, you know, the biggest thing about the early enrollees is most of these guys are going to be there for bowl practice. So they're going to get a little bit of a taste of what it's like uh, at Alabama, just like we saw with a lot of the guys last year, like Caleb Downs and Justice Haynes coming in and practicing with the team. Um, 
you know, I think as of right now, there's 16 guys that are currently early enrollees. Now, that includes Julian Singh. That includes um, the three offensive lines. 16 uh, of 19. 16 yeah, of 19. 16. That's a very high percentage. We're going to just stop calling them early enrollees, right? I mean, Well, you yeah. know, the thing about it for me, we've discussed, like, to me, the importance is having those months to get acclimated, right? You get used to where's the dorm, where is the – the mess hall. I don't know why I'm talking in army terms, but where's the, table. where's the food? Where's the bowling alley? Where, where's the movie? The theater? chow hall. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I turned into a few good men here. They, uh, so you get that, you just get used to your surroundings. You get used to going to class. Cause can you imagine going into August? You're, you're practicing with Alabama. Everything's intense. You're trying to figure out, you know, you're a freshman, you got all the college girls, you know, you're trying to figure out your whole thing in one month in August. That's why I think that it's huge. Um, it's huge that they get there and just get used and get settled in and get the homesickness out of the way because they survive that to the season. Once the season gets here, they're going to be fine. So huge for several reasons. Also, it's huge. We can see them in the A-Day game. Exactly. One of, can, one of them can overperform, and then we can spend a year answering why they didn't start. We can go ahead and make definitive conclusions. Yes, yeah, somebody statements. who's a star. You got guys who got a little banged up during the season. Uh, yep. no, no major injuries, but going ahead and getting there on campus, being with the uh, UA medical and training staff, that's obviously going to be really beneficial uh, to those guys. But yeah, I mean, getting this yep. many guys on campus, and that number is going to grow. You know, Alabama gets more commitments, they get transfer kids. We're going to see that number, you know, probably get into the into the twenties, kind of like what we saw last year. I think there was 27 players who were on campus in January last year. So uh, we'll see that number grow a little bit, maybe not too much, but it, it should grow. Uh, hey, into the twenties. And it happens fast. I mean, remember Jermaine Burton beat Alabama national championship game was on campus the next <laughs> week. week <later>. I think. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I mean, that happened so fast. We're like, wait a minute. Did we just play you? So, I mean, it's going to happen really fast. It's going to be a lot of movement. I mean, it's going to be a pain in the butt. They've dragged the friggin' signing window up to December 20th to 22nd, which is also kind of unfair to, you know, every college coach, everybody doing bowl practice and all that. But, um, yeah, some fun times coming. So, guys, who are the – is it the usual suspects when it comes to the schools that Alabama is going to really battle the most here down the stretch of this 2024 cycle or – is there a wild card involved here with a, a prospect that Alabama really, really would like to land? I think Florida's one I'm really watching, right? Florida's going after Jordan Seaton, uh, Jameer Grimsley. They hosted him this week. They're involved with Zay Mincy, the defensive back from Florida. Um, and Billy needs some wins, right? He needs some wins. He had a tough season. He's taught, caught a lot of criticism along the way recruiting you know cures a lot of l's in this business so they need some wins on the recruiting trail now they've lost some guys they've had some decommitments they've had some flips because of the season they had so that's the one i'm kind of watching the closest to see who needs you know who needs it the most coming down the stretch you have you have your usual suspects you had you know auburn um as tim mentioned florida tennessee you know certainly another school Oregon's a program that, you know, recruiting a couple similar guys. You know, one wild card I'll throw out there is uh, Kansas State, uh, you know, Alabama's bowl Ooh. opponent. <laughs> uh, nice. so, yeah, 
Jay Sean Ross um, out of uh, out, out of Kansas City, uh, outside linebacker, yep. six foot four, two hundred twenty pounds. Took an official visit uh, with Tide uh, earlier this month. Uh, looking like he's probably uh, going to come back for an unofficial before signing day. Um, I don't think that's set yet, but uh, could end up coming down between Alabama and Kansas State for Jay Sean Ross, and that's a kid that they really like a lot. Has moved up the recruiting board and. You know, they still don't have an outside linebacker commit. So if they can get him back on campus one more time, I think they're going to have a good chance. Now, Kansas State, they've had him on uh, their campus several times. Uh, yeah, certainly a top target for them. But uh, could come down to an Alabama-Kansas State battle for uh, one of the top outside linebackers in the country. Name the last great Alabama-Kansas State recruiting battle. I'll hang up and listen. Did, didn't Alabama get Edric Hill from out there last year? Maybe I don't that remember. Area? Yeah, 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 he's from Kansas City. I don't think Kansas State was. I just don't remember their name. Yeah, I just. Yeah. that's that's I love it. That's crazy. Also, before we go, we do want to Travis. I'm sorry, we got far into it. Didn't discuss the basketball guy, Darian Reed. Yeah, I was going to get to him. Okay, I, I, he's coming. I, up. Hey, I'm sorry. I'm trying to help here too. You know, now. I got, I got, I got you. Um, Travis, take the wheel. <laughs> what about look? Before we get to Darian Reed, the five star from uh, Prolific Prep, uh, let's let's get a final prediction r- ranking for you guys for this twenty twenty four class. Mm. I'm gonna go ahead and put you on the clock. What are your what are your thoughts right now as it sits? Obviously, with a few spots, important spots to fill. What are you kind of projecting for this class? Top three, top five, top. I think top three. I don't think they're going to get in one of the top two slots. And that may be just me being a little pessimistic, but I'm looking at Georgia and Texas are going to have pretty good classes. They got a lot of momentum this year. Alabama's going to bring in a smaller group um, overall. But I th- so I think that Georgia's going to be tough to beat. Um, Ohio State's always going to be up there. Texas, I still feel like Texas is going to close strong, is what I should have said. Florida's up there. I'll go three to five range. I feel comfortable with that. Three possibly being the cap for me. Yeah, yeah. I think a lot kind of just depends on what happens over the course of the next, you know, month, month and a half, especially with the all-star games. You know, who moves up, who moves down in the uh, in the final rankings. Um, you have your potential uh, flips. You have your potential coaching changes that could affect you know, some kids as far as, um, you know, what if you're – Kid commits to an offense coordinator. That offense coordinator becomes the head coach somewhere. Does that affect you know that kid? Um, so a lot can change over the course of the next month and a half. I would say top three. That's where I'm kind of at right now. Um, you know, I know going out on a limb, uh, but uh, but I mean it's just hard to imagine Alabama not being able to uh, close strong in this class. Uh, they're currently sitting at number five. Got to hang on to your commitments, and you just never know what else might happen. But I'm going to say top three as of right now, and I'll I'll, I'll go with three. A lot I'll of tell folks. You, go ahead. One, one more thing on this class is like I always judge. You know, a lot of people kind of pointed out the bottom of the class is weaker. When the bottom guys in your class, Andrew had a great point. Travis, you know how much I love Robbie Oots coming out of high school. I mean, he's basically a football glue guy. He does blocks. He gets the ball up. He's going to give you 100%. He's going to seal the edge. He's going to have a few big passes. But when you're getting a guy like Jay Lindsey, who's one of your bottom three, that's humongous. Draper Patrick, who we don't talk about nearly enough, had probably, from a return standpoint, the best senior year I've ever even heard of. 
I don't know if Adrian has the stats handy. He had a ton of touchdown returns, had a big year, was definitely a guy that is a fast riser. And when you look at a guy like Joseph Ionata, if you watch his film, you see that interior guard. He's ranked in that area where you see guys have that grow and emerge. He's got that nasty streak. So when you look at the bottom, when your weakest links are guys like that, you've had a good class. A lot of times having the class comes down to numbers. How many can you sign? How many do you sign? And all that stuff. And I think those numbers are extremely hard to manage now because of the portal. You know, at the end of the day, you can get, you know, a Tyler Steen versus a high school, you know, you know, high school senior. What do you do there? I mean, you're talking in the same range. So, but I think Alabama's class has been good. And uh, the 25 class um, has a chance to be much better. They're not reaching. They don't have to reach. That's a good uh, point. That's a great point. Yeah. They're, you know, if they don't see an offensive lineman that they like or they feel like they can't develop, they'll just go get one from the transfer portal. Cherry pick the portal. And they knew, you know, based last year's class, we knew, we were talking to people that knew. They knew, for instance, that the running back class was down. That's why they were all in on Justice Haynes and Richard Young, both who would be considered right at the top of this list when it comes to recruiting running back rankings. So they knew this was coming. I mean, other college staffs did too. I'm not just saying Alabama. But they knew this class was going to be smaller than the past one. And that's kind of why they filled up the bucket last year, you know, and did well in the portal. All right, guys, we're going to wrap up this edition of the recruiting uh, roundup with a couple of questions related to kind of North California, Northern California. I got to know, Brock Bowers, was Alabama involved in that back during his recruitment? Somewhat, they you know they extended him an offer. Uh, I don't think he ever ended up visiting Alabama. Uh, you know, probably the first kid that I can remember from 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 wine country. Um, but uh, Appa. yeah, yeah. I mean, unbelievable. Uh, I don't know if you know, a lot of people didn't know much about him, but I think Charles Power. I think he was like maybe one of the first ones that ranked him a uh, a five star recruit on any service. So that you know, props to Charles for. For, for knocking that one out of the park. Yeah, I yeah. feel like Georgia attacked him really early on, too. Like, before mm-hmm. you saw a lot of that rise, I think Georgia was all in on him. I think they, you know, kudos to them. I mean, again, good recruiting staff. They went all in knowing what they need and what they wanted to do with that tight end position. Yeah, you know, that was an area, too. Jonah Williams, Najee Harris from up that way. So, that got me to thinking a little bit about the uh, Brock Bauer situation. And sticking with that Napa area, that's also home to Prolific Prep, which is home to Darian Reed, the five-star prospect for the 2024 basketball cycle. Aiden Sherrill, his teammate there at Prolific Prep, already in the boat for the Alabama Crimson side. What are we hearing, guys? Tim, what do you think about Alabama's chances with Darian Reed? You know, our own Joseph Hastings went by and saw him play Friday night. Um, said it was limited on the highlights they could put out for some reason on social. But I uh, got a good interview with him. Darian, you know, very heated recruiting battle with Alabama and Georgia. Very heated. In fact, at one point, he had his date set to commit. And I have been told by enough people to 100% believe it, that if he had committed on that date, it was going to be Georgia. But he postponed it has said he's going to make his announcement in Christmas. I like where Bama stands. I think the Bama staff, more importantly, the Bama staff is really comfortable where they stand with him. And, again, you're talking, you know, the five-star plus. He's a five-star across the board, you know, with everybody. So that means a little bit more. And then you look at the class itself. I mean, Alabama's ranked eighth in the country. Um, 
have, you know, Aiden Sherrill, a big-time center, you know, a guy that fits that system really well. Nas Cunningham is a commitment who used, was number one in the uh, the nation at one point this summer and fell off from that point. But, um, yeah, they could get Reed, move up into that top. I don't know. We used to be able to figure it out. But, I mean, getting Reed's going to move him up in that top three range, I'm sure. Still need to get a guard, I think, from some point. But, man, they have a lot of success in that portal with the guard position. You know, you're seeing that this year with, like, you know, some of the guys that have done well. Yeah, Strada. Heck, that kid can really play. Um, So, yeah, so they'll go in, try to get those bigs. A lot harder to find – a lot harder to find those guys in the portal unless they're really, really expensive. Andrew, as we get out of here, what do we need to know for the next few days at BamaOnline.com? What do we we need to be looking for? Well – I tell you, over the next 24 hours, what people need to look for is our cyber sale. Uh, take advantage of that 50% off deal. It's one year of access to Bama Online, so go check it out. We're gonna have a ton of content uh, coming out this week. Uh, you know, mainly centered on the Alabama Georgia game. Um, you know, we'll be talking, um, you know, current recruiting battles, past recruiting battles. We're talking about guys on the team. You know, we've talked about some of those guys. Um, today, but we'll we'll dive a little bit more into that. You know, really, over the course of the next week, we're being, we're going to be trying to find out, you know, who's certainly going to be coming in for official visits. Remember, official visits start on December the eighth, so there's going to be a lot of kids that are going to be uh, coming into town over these next couple weeks. Not just officials, but unofficials as well. In-home visits for coaches start next Monday, so uh, be tuned to Bama Online. Um, more specifically, the BOL Roundtable. So get on that message board every single day. Stay in the know on what's exactly happening. Well, the good thing is Tim's a very calm individual. So, you know, this will just be all of this craziness. Tim will just smooth it right out. Right, Tim? We'll just hey, sail look, right through I'm this I'm a lot month. calmer, <laughs> except for this four to six week window. This window, it gets hectic. Now, hey, I'm old. They have messed up my whole life. I had peace on earth everywhere and goodwill. until yeah. this coming Sunday, right? That's yeah. when Oof. all heck broke loose. Well, now they broke loose early. I mean, I got guys in the portal. I got coaches being fired. You know, we got guys. Uh, Rex Johnson has going into the portal for us. You know, the second time he's been in there, the Aggies quarterback. We got the rumors, you know. Coaching so, changes too. But man. I will say the recruiting Movement. coverage, our guys, Andrew, Joseph. I mean, the team coverage, you, Charlie, Clint, Jimmy. You know, the, it's 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 the best staff I've ever been part of. I just enjoy working with all these guys and um, not having a long-term relationship. You know, you never know me and Andrew didn't grow up together, me being the big brother, top bunk kind of guy. But um, absolutely. I mean, this week alone, you got Ryan Williams interview, Andrew, great job. Uh, Jeremiah Beeman, another great, you know, interview from Joseph. And Darian Reed, Just that's just happened since Sunday, just yesterday. So, a lot happening. We'd love to have you. Come hang out with us at BamaOnline.com. Certainly the roundtable or premium message board. That's where you want to be with us. Guys, thanks as always. Enjoyed it. All right. Fantastic. Appreciate it. Thanks, thanks For Tim Watts, Travis Ryer, thanking you once again for joining us for the recruiting roundup right here on the YouTube and podcast homes for BamaOnline.com. Until next time, so long, everybody. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. 
This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. <laughs> 